friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. Today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Ariana Tabuada. She's a maternal health consultant for entrepreneurs, which sounds a little fancy. Essentially what Ariana does is she works with first-time mamas-to-be who are entrepreneurs to help them create a smooth maternity leave plan while keeping their businesses thriving, which... Of course, this is something that I need coming up here, and so I'm especially excited to talk with Ariana, and I know that you know many of you out there are, you have since created a business and are now thinking about adding more babies to your families and things of that nature, so I think you're going to love what Ariana has to share with us. So welcome, Ariana. Thanks, Bethann. I'm excited to be here and, of course, be recording at a, at a timely <laughs> a timely <laughs> moment for your, your business and personal life. Yeah, exactly. So, Ariana, as I read more about you, I learned that you started doing maternity leave planning and coaching before you became a mom. And so I'd love to just hear more about how this business started for you and how you got into really such a unique field. Sure thing. Well, I am a a social worker by training. I have a master's in social work and have a background in basically in formal health center settings, formal health services where, you know, lots of our, lots of women are coming in and, and seeking care for a variety of women's health issues. But I really fell into the, the prenatal postpartum and, you know, that, that whole window, which in the, in sciencey terms, we call it perinatal. Um, so the, everything that has to do with getting pregnant, being pregnant, having the baby and figuring it out after that. And, I started working in the field in 2002, so long before I had my baby. I had my baby in 2016, and I ended up specializing in maternal and child health. I went and got a master's of science in maternal and child health from UNC at University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And it's it's a unique field. I know you mentioned it's not, it's not a title you hear that often. There's only a few programs left now in the States that, that really specialize on supporting women, children, and really families and communities at that at that special and challenging and kind of, you know, always uncertain, but always exciting time. Definitely. So you started off in the healthcare setting. So in hospitals, essentially, right? I started out in in outpatient settings. So small health centers, federally qualified health centers. And I, I worked with what's considered kind of the safety net system. So I worked with women who were having their families and beginning their families at at really vulnerable times. So women who were experiencing homelessness or women who were experiencing domestic violence. And so my, I began to, to really specialize in, you know, how to navigate having a family when you have lots of other things demanding your time and attention and focus. And so when I went into private practice for supporting entrepreneurs, I, I realized, you know, the 
the layers of vulnerability are different for, for business owners. A lot of times you, you have a level of financial stability and, and, you know, most business owners are, are not experiencing homelessness or domestic violence at the time that I work with them. But the, the same kind of approach to supporting women is universal. And it's, I like to say you, you need a network of support, right? It's, it's not a time to try and do it all yourself in your business or in life. It's really a time to identify your, your community support, your professional support, your family and friends support and, and rally those people. Right. That I, I totally agree. So when did you start your private practice and what did that look like at first? I'm just, I'm so curious about, you know, how did you get those first private clients and kind of make that transition? Sure. So I started, it was prompted as, as many businesses are by a move away from, we were in North Carolina at the time, a move away from the state to Mexico where I now live with my family in 2012. And I still wanted to do the work. And so I just set up a little shop. I rented some space at a local psychotherapy center and also started providing some support via the internet online and took took the model that I had been working in formal settings and adapted it. Um, and I was my my first iteration of my business was really focused on postpartum health. Um, and it just happened to be that self-employed women and small business owners found me. But it was really focused on the transition after people had the baby and back to work came up all the time. And I started noticing and, and it was all word of mouth. So I you know, had a very limited understanding of marketing because I come from a background where I am at the health center and people show up to me. <laughs> so I had a big learning curve when it came to marketing. Um, and once the word started getting out, I you know, had a strong referral network, but started realizing that postpartum was a little, a little too late and that what we could do to better meet the needs of my clients was start even earlier. And so I shifted about 18 months ago. I shifted to offering not only postpartum support and back-to-work support, but specifically zoning in on what does it take to plan ahead for maternity leave and successful reintegration into your work life or for many women who, you know, are having a, a first-time baby, you know, their business baby is, is kind of a, a life of its own, but a first-time human baby, what, what that means for your professional identity that comes up all the time. Okay, very interesting. So, Haryana, since I am kind of your ideal customer <laughs> at the moment, I would love if you could, and I know, of course, this is tricky on a, a short podcast interview, but what would be some advice that you would give someone like me who's a mom entrepreneur? I'm having, I'm already a mom, but my, you know, my, my son that I have right now, he's in kindergarten. It's all day kindergarten. Now I'm going to having a newborn and I do want to take that maternity leave and have some time away. What would be some some advice you would give me to plan things out and prepare for this new season. So you are, you said 34 weeks along right now? Yes. Yeah. So one of the first kind of time-related things that I like to, to talk about with clients is, is because we're business owners, we have the flexibility to 
think about taking a transition into maternity leave and a transition back to work. So someone in a typical kind of office setting might, you know, work the day up to they give birth and then go, you know, from zero hours of work while they're on maternity leave to 40 hours of work once they're back for maternity leave. And I like to frame a more gradual transition as optimal. So I would say, you know, 37 weeks is is considered full, ter- full term in the maternal health world. And so 37 weeks is like the perfect time to really think of handing off everything that normally would be, you know, on your plate 100%. Um, I like to give that as like a hard and fast deadline as opposed to 40 weeks or even 41 weeks or, <laughs> you know, baby comes when baby wants to come. <laughs> So that's the first thing. And the the other half of that is thinking about the transition time back. So because you are, you know, you're not a first time mom, you've, you've had, you've been in newborn land before, but babies can have such different temperaments and juggling two kids can be different than, than just a newborn. And so giving yourself, I like to frame kind of a two to three week period when you're getting back into work, but those those, those weeks are really about finding your groove and finding your workflow as opposed to, you know, diving 100% back into a major project. So it's things like, you know, figuring out logistics with childcare, or figuring out logistics with getting your, your older child settled or your, your new ones kind of windows of napping and eating. So figuring out what that transition back to work looks like, I feel, and, and have seen that can be a lot less, a lot less of a challenge when you, when you frame it as a learning opportunity and kind of an experiment into what does my work life look like now. That's a great point. So I I like that mentality of let's just kind of give things a few weeks and see how they look and not instead of having like this set plan of like this is going to be the new schedule and this is how it's going to go it's like well like you're not (laughs) you don't yet know what like what is my newborn schedule going to be like as you said so that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious, when you're working with these other first-time mom entrepreneurs, how long do they tend to take off from work before they kind of get back into it? Because what I've heard from my other entrepreneur friends is, you know, I've told them like, hey, I want to take two or three months just like totally off from work, totally disconnected. And they're all like, yeah, that sounds great, Bethann. But like, you're going to have all these ideas when you're feeding the baby in the middle of the night. And like, you're not going to want to stay away, you know, for, for that long of a period of time. So I'm curious, like, to know what patterns you've seen and maybe whether you see women who are doing themselves a disservice by trying to sneak work back in too soon or vice versa, women who are taking a long, long, long time off and then find that they're like unfulfilled maybe because of that. I'd love to kind of hear your take. Sure. Well, the first thing that I'll, I'll share is that it is, I have seen it be much easier to plan for longer and come back sooner than I have seen the challenge of planning for too little time and realizing you want more, but 
kind of having to scramble because you had all these things lined up after X amount of weeks. So when in doubt, plan for more time and know that the, the work will be there. If you're ready to come back earlier, it'll, you know, there will be things to do. There's always things to do in our businesses, right? So I, I mean, I was the woman, the friend you're describing, the business owner who planned. I, I financially planned and in terms of my content and marketing and, and task shifting planned for four months off with my last month being that kind of testing period as I figured out my new new work schedule. And around six weeks, I emailed my VA and I was like, give me something to do. <laughs> because for me and maybe for, you know, folks out there listening, working and producing and, you know, engaging with clients and writing content was just engaging in something that I love and am passionate about was such a big part of my identity that leaving that completely behind was really challenging, both for myself to, to kind of wrap my head around as a business owner, but also emotionally, you know, I really, I missed it. I, you know, I grieved feeling productive when, you know, I, I was round the clock nursing and <laughs> wondered where the day had been and wonder where the, where the day had gone rather. And so I found that, again, like I said, easier to plan for longer and know that you can come back sooner. And I, you know, I, I'm not alone in that. I've seen it across quite a few women that crave being able to, to do some work in the first few weeks postpartum, but again, setting yourself up so that there's no pressure related to completing projects, delivering projects right when you're, you know, in those fresh, few weeks postpartum that you can pick and choose what you allow yourself the flexibility set yourself up for 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 the flexibility to pick and choose what you work on and and how you transition back in gotcha okay so going along with this theme ariana i know i can totally relate to that idea of like having a lot of my identity being in like hey i get stuff done and you know at the end of every day i feel great about the things i accomplished in my business and how you kind of missed that when you were focused just on a new baby i'm curious and maybe these aren't related maybe they are but i'll, I'll be honest one of my biggest fears is postpartum depression and one thing you pro you might not know about me, Ariana, is actually my first child we adopted. So he did not come home to us till he was two and a half years old. So I actually have not done the whole baby and <laughs> childbirth thing before. And so I'm completely freaked out at the thought of, of suffering from postpartum depression, what that would look like, how I can prevent that. And, you know, because you're working with so many women in this, the perinatal stage, as you said, like, what are what are some tips on how we can kind of prevent this or mitigate those symptoms or what kind of help we should be seeking? I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure thing. So 
postpartum depression or, or more generally perinatal mood disorders, which includes things like depression, anxiety, mood disorders that are you know, associated with, with having a baby are, are common. And I think part of, part of the kind of fear factor that I can hear a little bit in your voice is that, is that we see kind of the worst of cases in the media and we see, you know, the postpartum suicide and the mom that couldn't access help until it was too late. And we see the horror stories. And so the first thing I'll start with is that you are, you sound incredibly self-aware right now. Like you, you know, the worst case scenarios. And let me tell you that, that those are the worst case scenarios, right? That, that postpartum depression is prevalent, but self-awareness and, and knowing what to look for and knowing what resources to seek out ahead of time is a great way to think about setting yourself up for taking care of yourself and being taken care of. So there's a couple, I'll offer some some concrete things you can do right now. How does that sound? That sounds great. (laughs) So the first thing I would recommend is looking up in your area who are the maternal mental health professionals that you could go to if it turned out that you had some kind of mental health issue? So a lot of times someone will, you know, in their bio, describe themselves as having been trained specifically in maternal mental health or postpartum depression. And since it is a specialized skill set that, that professionals need to treat someone with PPD or, or PPA, I definitely recommend looking up folks in your area who are specialized, specially trained for that. And just, you know, have it have it saved away on a document in your computer should you need it. Tell your partner where it is. And the second thing that I found to be really helpful is actually a resource through Postpartum Support International, and they have what's called a warm line. So it's a it's a number that you can call, and we can link to this in, in the show notes. I'll pass it along. But it's a number you can call to talk to a trained volunteer to figure out how to access a professional in your area. So for postpartum depression, I definitely recommend seeking in-person treatment, whether that's through one-on-one counseling, psychotherapy, or through a, a group model. There are some great group models, including support groups, including group therapy, that can be a way to seek out care. And the last thing I'll mention is that one of the biggest risk factors is isolation. And for me, this goes hand in hand with what we find as online business owners is sometimes it is very isolating. And so if we know that we have an element of isolation in our day to day, because of the nature of of how we work, work online, work virtually, then seek out things that you can do when you are in the postpartum phase that require you to get out of the house. So something like a new mom group or figure out where's a park that I can walk to or even like where if I feel like I need to get out of the house, have a list of places written, even if it's like the grocery store, or the mall or you know the neighbors. Figure out ways that you can set yourself up to be in community and supportive environments to prevent some of that isolation that can be a risk factor. I love all of that advice, Ariana, because I think that being prepared and having that listed out ahead of time is one of the biggest keys to 
preventing this because I'm just, you know, picturing myself with this new baby and maybe if the baby is like sad all the time or, you know, we're struggling with breastfeeding or whatever is going on. It's like in that moment, I'm exhausted. And so potentially I'm too exhausted and too stressed to like go look up those mental health professionals online and try to figure out who would be a good fit and look up the support groups. But that's the kind of thing where I can go do that now and have this entire dock of resources for myself. And even those ideas, like you said too, like where can I go? What are all the different places that my baby and I can go so we can be out of the house and feel a little more normal, a little more sane. Yeah, I, I love those ideas. And I actually just, I wrote in my planner as you were talking, I was like, okay, here's my list. This is, this is my list of things I need to do before the baby comes. So I have like my baby survival slash support list ready to go. Yeah. And I have, I use a tool. It's, it's a social work tool called an eco map. And I developed, you know, one for, for my clients. It's a postpartum eco map. And I used it when I was planning my, my own leave. And I'm happy to pass it along to you and, and listeners. It's just a free resource on my site, but it is a tool that you can use to visually map out those, those support networks that I mentioned, you know, professional, family, friends, community level support. And when you map it out, when you can visually see it in front of you. It's also easier to see the gaps. So identify what you're missing. And then, you know, that's, that's a great pre, you know, during pregnancy activity, pre baby activity is to fill those gaps. Wonderful. So Ariana, I want to shift gears a little bit to learning more about your business and the model that you use, how you've grown it. So I know that you're a consultant, so you work with clients one-on-one, helping them plan and prepare for this huge transition in their lives. So I'm curious, uh, how many clients are you able to handle each month and kind of what's that life cycle like for your clients? When do they graduate from your services and and all that good stuff? Sure. So I tend to really love and and find that sweet spot with client work when when we're able to develop that longer relationship. So I do offer kind of a, a a shorter period. It's about a month of work together over two sessions to do the maternity leave planning piece. And I've found that that once you do the planning, that coaching along the way of implementing is, you know, is some of that wonderful handholding and guidance <laughs> that that is that is special to have during the transition to motherhood. So I tend to work anywhere from one month to six months with with client in terms of the the client relationship and lifespan of that. And pre-baby, this of course changed for me. I used to have three client slots a week and that was the times that, you know, three days a week where I worked with clients those afternoons. And since getting back from baby, I have really had to, to reframe that myself. And so I right now have... I have three afternoons available, but I'm only working with three clients at any given time. So again, it depends if we're doing the one month route or if they extend and we work anywhere from from three to six months on implementing their maternity leave plan. But I've had to scale back what I provide just to be able to provide the same quality and level without 
without burning out myself. And so I realized pretty early on that that for me meant scaling back in number of clients that I could serve. Okay, that makes sense. And I have to say, Ariana, you sound like such a serene, well-balanced person. <laughs> just just chatting with you, I feel like you bring this level of peace to the table. So I feel like you are doing a great job of having that, that calm balance in your own life. <laughs> and it shows. Thanks. Although I will, you know, I have my crazy moments. I mean, if this if this podcast had a video element to it, it would not be pretty. Let's just say that. (laughs) That's the beauty. That's the great thing about podcasts. (laughs) So when it comes to transitioning or I don't know what the right word is, I guess when your clients graduate, I guess, from needing your help, is there like, how do you know when that point happens? Is that something where they say they come to you and say, this has been great, Ariana, but I'm ready to fly the coop? Or is that something where you're giving them some sort of an exit plan? How does that work? Yeah, what I found over the years is the the one year mark is really the the longest that I I'm able to to what I would say, deliver like my strongest services. And a lot of times it's, it's more of the figuring out how to navigate what I'll call kind of the, the ever-present uncertainties of motherhood more than solving specific problems. So I consider kind of that, that graduation piece and, you know, a, a fantastic client relationship when, when the client that I'm working with has reached a point where, where she has the skills and the tools to, to step back when the problem arises and see how the, the skill set that we've worked on of knowing how to navigate the unknown and learning how to deal with uncertainties and learning how to, you know, pivot and strategize in the way you would in your business, but apply that to motherhood, that, that those kind of soft skills, those insights that she feels confident in in carrying those on and applying those and applying those individually without without guidance and support or perhaps guidance and support in in other ways so sometimes i recommend you know moms join a a business coaching a group coaching model for you know a mama ceo type type environment which i'm sure you're familiar with right <laughs> Because they, you know, the, the navigating motherhood piece of it is so much of what I focus on. And there's crossover, of course, of navigating business, navigating motherhood. But once I, I really see that, that women can do that and can trust in their ability to do that, then, then I can say my, my work is, is done for now. (laughs) Okay. That makes total sense. And, you know, that's an interesting point where you're not necessarily saying, hey, you don't need me anymore because life is perfect and you've got this, you know, bulletproof system for every single day. It's more that, no, you can, you know how to handle the fact that life as a mom is kind of always a little bit crazy and unpredictable. So, I, I think that's definitely the right expectation for new moms to, to have or to, you know, to ultimately get to that mindset. 
I was just going to say it's it's one of my favorite parts of my work is is reframing, right? As you know, I I come from a what's called a, a strengths based perspective. So there can be lots of things going going wrong, but I always like to to you know if it feels like everything is going wrong. Then I start with, well, what's one thing that feels like maybe it's going kind of right today? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I love that. Reframing. Yes, that is a strategy we all need. (laughs) So Ariana, it has been fabulous talking with you today. As we wrap up, do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you can share? Sure thing. So we are actually getting ready to move houses in about two weeks. And so we've been packing up our house. And of course, my son, who's who's 11 months old, almost a year, his favorite toys are now everything that has to do with packing. And so he's been playing in boxes and kind of shuffling them around. And then we got suitcases out and started you know, opening them up and figuring out what we were going to put in the suitcases versus the boxes. And he's crawling around just kind of hanging out while we do this stuff. And then I turn and ask my husband, I'm like, where, where is the baby? And he's looking around and he's not crawling around on the floor. And we turn and we see him. He had totally crawled into and shut himself in one of the suitcases. <laughs> And I guess I guess he's ready to move. We're not quite there yet, but he's he's ready. So that's my cute moment of the week. Oh, that is super cute. And how old is he? He's 11 months. He'll actually be a year just in, I keep saying 11 months, but he'll be a year on March 6th. Wow. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really cute. Well, thank you again, Ariana. And can you just tell everyone one more time, where's the best place that they can find you online? Sure. It's my website. It's not, you know, I don't have an easy name to spell. And my website is just is just my name. It's A-R-I-A-N-N-A-T-A-B-O-A-D-A. So that's where I kind of house lots of content, that, that eco map I talked about. And I'm also just starting a new project that's getting, I'm getting ready to, to share it more widely on my website, but I'll mention it here. It's the 100 Businesses Baby Proofed Project. And so I'm setting a goal between now and my birthday to just have conversations with 100 entrepreneurs who are either expecting or planning on getting pregnant in the next year or so about what it means to to baby-proof your business and take a maternity leave that works for your personal and professional needs. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, wow, way to go. Well, thank you again, Ariana. Uh, it's been great chatting. Thanks, Bethann. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. <laughs>